You're the post-game show host. You're supposed to lead us in. Wait, this is actually a post? Like, this is like yeah, my this first post-game. Post game. Yeah, this is your first post-game. Oh. You gotta... <laughs> this one's well, on you. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to the post-game show here on the Lakers. I'm 100% <laughs> leaving that in. I'm not cutting that. Yeah, we're, no, I, I, would, I would expect us to. This is apparently my first post-game show here on Silver Screen and Rolls podcast feed. Our podcast network, whatever we're going to call it here. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Uh, it's pretty great. Usually Harrison and Christian would be recording, but much like the actual Lakers, they are giving the important players a rest. So I'm here with with Harrison. Yeah, lo- load management for Christian. You know, heading into the NBA restart, he could have he could have gone today. Like he really he could have podcasted. Like if this was a playoff post game or something like that. But today <laughs> we just wanted to give him the day off. Like no sense in risking any injuries. You know, at this point in the game. I also apologize, everybody, for the slight delay. I was I was running a little bit late here because I went to the strip club to pick up some chicken wings, and uh, they were taking a little bit longer with my order. Oh, did you did you meet your friend there and like take selfies, but just to like pick up food? Yeah, as I as I usually do. Every time I go somewhere, like I, I drive through In and Out. Every time I'm in In and Out, I take pictures with all of the workers there, and. Uh, you know, it's just like, it's, it's just, it's a habit of mine. No, my favorite thing about getting takeout and then just leaving is meeting people there like that. Like it's great to meet up with your friends at the restaurant and see them for like 30 seconds while you wait for your food and then leave. Yeah. Especially like, you know, cause we know that one thing that strip clubs really ask everybody to do was take pictures and yeah, take lots of pictures of yourself inside. They love that. Yeah. Yeah, yourself, other people that are with you, yeah. the, the surroundings, you know. No, just uh, like the a one totally... area that they, the one area that that sometimes does go on is like in VIP areas. But like, why would you have a? Why would you be in a VIP area if you just walked in to get food and then left? Uh, to meet your friend, I guess. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah, just that. That's where you wait generally. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we got our our. our <laughs> that was related no current person or situation anthony and i were just talking in general as friends often do when they start definitely not a former laker yeah no no not a former laker who at one point had two girlfriends um just a big wing fan yeah just big wing fan uh the lakers did just play uh i'm I'm not going to go so far as to call it nba basketball because they were playing against the washington muggles uh so (laughs) that's a great name for them this year actually (laughs) they were they're already depressing enough but they're missing john wall they're missing bradley beal they're missing uh the the guy who i'm I'm blanking on his name Daffy's bertans uh like those are the three reasons you would watch that team lakers fans might want to tune in to see how isaac bonga is doing or mo wagner uh but beyond that there isn't much reason to watch this if you uh, cared at all about former Lakers or any decent basketball being played by the Washington Wizards. There was good basketball, though, played by Alex Caruso, who I think is still the top storyline that is I'm going to be paying attention to uh, throughout these bubble games. And in running the offense today, especially early, things seem to be working pretty well. Yeah, like today, you know, granted, and this is the caveat that I, I made in my recap as well, I had to look this up, but the Wizards are literally the worst defense in the NBA, which is kind yeah. of, again, uh, just One another amazing thing ever. Yeah, it's just, it's just amazing that the Wizards are even in the bubble. Like when Bradley Beal said he was sitting out, the NBA should have rescinded their invitation. I'm sorry. Like there's just, <laughs> there's no reason for them to be there at all. Uh, yeah. And 
but like, you know, they're the worst defense in the NBA, but Alex Caruso against that worst defense in the NBA looked like a pretty capable floor general in sliding into the starting lineup in place of LeBron James. And like, I, I, you know, I thought like I was encouraged by his passing. I was encouraged by him getting the offense going and all of that stuff. I, I actually think this works out really well because like you don't want the Lakers first game is going to be against the Clippers, right? And if Caruso is going to be asked to be any kind of a floor general, you don't want that to be his first experience there. Yeah. And while, you know, the, the, the Washington wizards are not by any stretch of the imagination, a professional basketball team right now, uh, it does. Oh, I forgot Thomas Bryant's also on the wizards, but, uh, the while that team is not very good this game does kind of serve a purpose in that caruso gets a little bit of confidence heading into the 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 actual seeding games uh we got some great confidence shots although it's not like jr smith and, and Dion waiters ever lack confidence i think that's one thing that both those guys have it to to hilarious degrees but still you know they're trying to get their their legs under them and you know, for a bunch of, for, for a lot of role players who are still trying to figure out these things on the fly, now that everything is picking back up again, Washington winds up being a pretty good team that the Lakers can kind of just rest the important players or, or a few of their important players and then head into these seeding games where they're still going to treat those games probably like ramp up games anyway. Like, I think, I think Frank Vogel even said that he's looking at these 11 games as just building up to the playoffs anyway. Uh, and so with all that said, this is, this is a good way to, you know, this is a, a, an important step along that process is having that one bad team that you could just beat up on and let everybody kind of feel like, all right, I, I've now done this once. I can now see if I can repeat it down the road. Yeah, and I, I think the other benefit that the Lakers got out of today's game was getting a chance to get, like, an extended look at their uh, G League guys who have been, you know, down with the South Bay Lakers for most of the season. And this is, like, again, the Wizards are not good, but they are ostensibly an NBA team. And so you got Wait, to get Ron, those guys. Ron Rondo didn't play. He's not – you're saying looking at their G League players. Oh, my God. Rondo's out. Yeah, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, Devontae Kaycock, and Kosa Sedetokounmpo, uh, well, all played in this game to very, you know, to varying degrees of goodness. But like, I thought Taylor, you know, he he made a couple good passes, but I think finished three points, like one of five shooting, uh, three assists, like it, you know, not a game that to write home about. But he's still just nineteen. Uh, Devontae had a double double in like eleven minutes or something insane like that, and just continues to look like an energizer bunny. And Kostas is. I, like, I'm not going to say he's good yet, but I do enjoy watching him jump for every single shot. <laughs> Costas plays out there like his shoes are on fire. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> just like, if he is, or, or he's playing on lava, like, if his, if his feet are on the ground for any longer than, like, half of a second, he, he, his feet might fall off. Yeah, it's hilarious to watch. Although to be to be absolutely fair though, if I was as athletic as he was, I would be I would constantly be in the air too. No, he's I would actually test like and see if like I can actually fly. It would be interesting to see if he's a guy that like 
ends up getting mentored or learns a little bit from JaVale because JaVale, I think, had that problem a little bit early on in his career too, where he was like so long and athletic that he felt like he could block every shot. So he tried to. And I think mm-hmm. the Costas just from getting a couple months of watching like these kind of like these Lakers and like Dwight and JaVale and like those guys and how they protect the rim, you know, you'd hope that he's able to learn something a little bit from that. But, you know, the effort was fun to watch today and just like <laughs> he was clearly excited to be out there. And, you know, he did, I think he ended up blocking one of them and he affected a couple others so you know it like never mind the foul trouble in the times he was out of position it was fun for this one game (laughs) i think i think a bigger lesson that he could take from i I think the better player to learn this lesson is probably from dwight than javel but javel still does really like to jump i mean yeah like i was gonna say like (laughs) javel is not he's better about it that's grading on that guy yeah (laughs) knows how to conserve energy out there but but you know when you watch when you watch Dwight, like Dwight is still very capable of those. Oh my God, how did he get up that high? Kind of plays, yeah. right? The the lob that he caught from J.R. Smith in the game before this one was one of those. Holy crap! Yeah, because that was not a good pass at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and and yet Dwight was able to get up there and get it. And I think one thing that Dwight has kind of learned over the course of his career is. I'm athletic enough to where I could jump like 60 or 70% of as high as I can possibly jump and still be as high as just about everybody else in the league. I think one thing that Costas could maybe learn is that same kind of thing that I don't have to put every single ounce of energy into every jump that I have, which would allow me to have a second jump or a third jump. And that's where Dwight has been so special this year, right? Where he won, he's great at positioning himself for rebounds, and then on top of that, he doesn't jump his, his, his absolute highest on that first attempt at a rebound, which then allows him to really get up compared to everybody around him for the second. And then the third jump is on the finish, and that's where you see the most impressive plays that Dwight makes. Kostas at some point, and, and all young athletic, you know, longer players have to learn, hey, I don't have to be the most athletic player on literally every play that I make. Yeah, I mean, the only counterpoint I have to that is, like, if you would have asked me even, like, three weeks ago, do, like, would I want Dwight mentoring one of the Lakers' young big men? Like, I would have said yes. <laughs> I'm not basketball. so sure. Like, yeah, basketball I think. Basketball specifically. I think the Lakers, yeah, they basketball. need to say, like, you limit your conversations with him yeah. to basketball. If he starts selling you on other stuff, just don't, like. <laughs> That's it. Uh, let's take a quick second here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other players Markeith Morris made his first appearance in the bubble today. Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope is continuing to see how he can step into a starting role. Uh, there's plenty of stuff here to, to continue to talk about, so we're going to take a quick second, come back, and continue to do that. You know, one other thing we were talking about no specific player, obviously, who, yeah. who went to a strip club and, and got uh, chicken wings at the strip during club. During a pandemic. During a pandemic, uh, it, as, as he's um, playing in a bubble that is very, like the last thing that they want is for a COVID outbreak in the middle of the, of the bubble. Nobody specific, but just, you know, just, you know, just for general principles here. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, I saw that the menu has the Lou Williams lemon pepper uh, wings. That's something that, like, 
you know, strip clubs just hand that kind of title out, title out there for, right? It's no, it's never just because for, you go there so often for food, for sure. Yeah, for just for food. Yeah. Not not for anything else. You know, James Harden's uh James Harden's jersey is retired in a strip club. It actually doesn't say his last name on it. It just says takeout enthusiast. Yeah, it says it says it says mozzarella stick, <laughs> number one mozzarella stick fan, James Harden. <laughs> oh. uh what else what else stuck out to you from the game today and and in general like we are the the games that no longer quote unquote count uh are all behind us we are now heading into the seeding games is there anything that you know stuck out to you get especially compared to your expectations heading into these scrimmages yeah i mean the only thing that from today specifically that i didn't mention yet is uh markeith morris definitely happy to be back out on the floor took seven shots in six minutes <laughs> uh and like and then did not play again uh because the vogel was planning to only play him a couple minutes in the first just as he continues <laughs> to get like acclimated it was up. not it was not a quick hook situation um yeah. but it, i just thought that i found that very amusing he was like all right i'm gonna get all my shots up from the scrimmage round in this game he um, likes he likes shooting like lou williams likes ch- chicken wings yes exactly what i might take away <laughs> and uh like but as far as the rest of like the like the rest of the seating round and like overall takeaways like I, I think my biggest one and i think pretty much everyone's biggest one is like the Dion waiters experience is going to be really fun and i think that he gives them a dynamic that they didn't have before i mean like i talked i talked about this quite a bit on yesterday's podcast so i think people would probably be more curious for your thoughts than mine um but like what what did you think of the Dion waiters experience well actually i think um one of our former colleagues, Alex Regla, actually put it really well um, in, in his news, uh, newsletter, or whatever we're calling those things, Substack, whatever we're calling them. Newsletter. Uh, but he said that the Lakers kind of needed the, the don't give a bleep attitude, right? Just somebody who comes in, has no conscience whatsoever, and gets shots up that, and creates their own shot. Uh, that's somebody that the Lakers haven't had on their roster really all year. The closest player to that was Kuzma. But I don't really know if you want Kuzma to be like that kind of a player. I don't. I, I think he's too no. young, quite frankly, to be that kind of a player. No, I, and he, um, his skill set doesn't really fit that too role. Much. <laughs> yeah, his yeah. skill set doesn't fit that role completely yet. Like as a guy, like yeah. he just he can get his own shot, but he's not quite as adept at it, like in as many ways as Waiters is. Like I, it's just right. not the best use of his skill set. Right. So you know, in this respect, in terms of actual you you know utility value. Uh, I think waiters will serve a, a really important purpose here in terms of the fun. Like, I don't, I don't want to suck all the fun out of the room or whatever, but I don't know how, like I, I'm cool with the fun for the first like eight games here, you know, but like come playoff time. I don't know if I'm like, this is the first playoff. So we've had an almost a damn decade. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know if I'm going to be looking for like, Oh, you rascal Dion waiters. Why did he like, like I, <laughs> no, and look, I'm, not, I'm not really going to be looking out of my, going out of my way to like, there are going to be the plays that he makes that are like, holy crap, how did he make that layup or whatever? 
Uh, but but like in a playoff setting, especially as as we go deeper into the playoffs, I'm not really going to be looking like, oh, you goofball. Yeah, not, I mean, that's not really what I'm looking for. I understand what you're saying. Like, I, I think that they're absolutely like he's going to be one of those guys that people are either going to hate him or love him, like pretty much game to game, probably sometimes play by quarter play. to quarter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like say play by play. Yeah, like today, you know, he was not really playing well. And then he kind of went off in the last little bit of the fourth quarter and ended up like, you know, saving his averages a little bit. But finished with 18 points, 17 shots. Like, if he's taking 17 – like, he's probably – he's not going to take 17 well, shots he's not in, like, play an actual playoff game. 27 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, like, you know, the Lakers – like, he's going to have to find – like, there are going to be games where, you know, he's able to be efficient and the Dion experience is really fun. Like, you know, and, like, the Lakers are winning and all of that stuff. And then there are going to be games where they lose where he doesn't play well. And, like, you know, like, everybody's going to be trashing him on Twitter. And, like, I think that that's kind of just going to be the experience but I still think that it's good that the Lakers at least have a guy that can do that now just because they didn't before so like you know Frank Vogel has shown that he's willing to adjust his rotations especially in the second half of a guy that isn't named Rondo doesn't have it going and Mm -hmm. uh like so if waiters if the waiters island you know is undergoing like a famine in the first half or something like he's not going to throw them back out there and try to get them to figure it out during uh like the second one yeah I and, and, you know, one of the thoughts that kind of crossed my mind as I was catching the tail end of the game too, watching, because Waiters had that one possession that, like, turned out well, but it was a whole bunch of dribbling. He attacked, like, blitz coverage, dribbled around a bunch, kind of stumbled drunkenly towards the basket and flipped up the shot. And it was kind of funny to see Bogle, like, talking to him after, and Bogle was like, did you flip it this way? Did you flip it the other way? You know, like, with this wrist. That, that was, it was fun to watch that. Uh, but it's you know, one, one of those things that... where let's be clear here, like almost nothing that Dion does is something that you would advise a basketball player to do <laughs> on the court in a vacuum. He just can kind of do it. I'll, I'll tell a quick story that I think is kind of analogous to the Dion waiters experience. Um, I grew up in Yorba Linda and there's a 24 hour fitness that's up in like Anaheim Hills. And that's where I would go play baseball, like every, like, or basketball, like every, other day every third day I was there a lot and uh, there were quite a few uh, angels Anaheim angels who lived in the kind of region that I was growing up in one of which was Jim Edmonds who was sitting there riding a bike and I remember like approaching him because I played baseball growing up too and I was like hey are you Jim Edmonds and he was so nice he was really nice about it. he goes he goes yeah I am I go oh my god I'm, I'm a huge fan I play center field too and I and I approach uh defense in in a lot of the ways that you approach defense he's like oh your coach must hate you you know <laughs> <laughs> and 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 i feel like waiters is the same kind of thing he's like dion 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 i'm a huge fan i play basketball just like you do and waiters are probably like no don't do that <laughs> like don't 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 uh don't don't try to replicate this stuff don't try this at home uh but anyway don't One try this at of- home, honestly, would be like if he didn't already have some good nicknames, like that would be a solid nickname for Dion yeah. Waiters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dion, don't try this at home, yeah. Waiters would be good. Uh, but, but you know, one nice thing because of the role that he's going to be playing in is I, th- I think it's going to be really difficult for teams to really go out of their way to take advantage of him defensively because either he's going to have it going or he's not, and you don't really want a game plan offensively to attack somebody who might only play like 10, 5, 10 minutes on some nights, you know? 
Yeah, so, I mean, I think that we've seen in playoff series that teams, like, no matter how few minutes, like, a guy's play, like, if he has a weakness, teams will try to figure out something to attack that when they're out there. Yeah. But, like, I, I mostly agree with your I, – I think overarching, like, your point is correct. But, but, I, but I think even there, though, like, if the team figures something out, then cool. Waiters is out of there. Yeah. You know? and, and because he's more of a luxury to the Lakers than anything else, it, it actually winds up being kind of the perfect role for him. And, and same goes for, for J.R. Smith, right? Who goes six of seven from deep today, hit that wild, like, double pump three-pointer two. Like, this was, this was kind of the perfect send-off game for everybody involved here because, every, like, the bench was loving every second of those guys going out there and doing what they were doing. And it, it just kind of sets the right kind of tone. All right, we had our fun. Now is when we really got to start focusing and, yep. and clamping down on, on the task at hand. And, and for me – you know, even while I would have preferred, obviously, to watch LeBron and watch AD and, and whatever, uh, this actually winds up being perfect, I think, you know, for, for, for what the team needed heading into the, these last eight games and, and eventually as we head into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the, the only other thing that I saw in today's game that I actually enjoyed was, uh, like, surprisingly, the starting lineup a little bit. Not, com- like, not the entire starting lineup, but the Caruso, KCP, Danny Green, like, set yeah. of, like, wing pairing. Like, mm-hmm. it, the, I think the Lakers might have something there if they decide to go small with LeBron and AD at the four and five. Like, like yeah. those guys are really active in passing lanes. Like, it's not the best ball handling group, but if you have LeBron out there, who cares, you know? And, like, right. I, I, there's enough shooting like I think I think they may have something kind of interesting there if they do decide to go small at points yeah on nights where Kuz doesn't have it right? yeah which is like every you know three out of every five nights right he so like it, it, on those nights if you still want to be able to go small I think this is a great way to be able to do so because what did you th- yeah I sorry go ahead finish your point but then well, I well just because with Caruso I think what what allows that group to be so great is Caruso's work off the ball defensively you know that that's going to because obviously Anthony Davis is a special defender Danny Green is very good at his position Contavious Caldwell Pope is pretty good at his position but when you have somebody in Caruso who can legitimately disrupt offenses by just understanding where to be on any given possession and Danny and Green's good at that, that too yeah, and then allow that allows that group to to get out and run if they want to get out and run. If they don't want to get out and run, anytime you're getting a stop right and you're playing against a defense that's on the move anyway, like even in secondary transition, that makes your offense better anyway. So that kind of alleviates the need for a primary ball handler who isn't LeBron. I I, I completely agree with you. It's a, it's a fun lineup, and and this is kind of what it all comes down to in playoff basketball is how many different groups can you have to deal with the different situations that yep. a playoff series presents? Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. The, the, the thing that I wanted to ask you was, you know, as I think like the number one Coos hater on Twitter, like among like Lakers Twitter, like I was just curious, like what did you think of his game on Saturday and like his play overall during like the two games that he did play? And obviously he sat out today. I mean, is there a way we can get planes flying, like, just constantly over the bubble? Uh, you mean, like, wishing him happy birthday from his girlfriend? Like, yeah, I'm not like sure having... that that's what did it, but, like, you know, maybe <laughs> the Lakers could try and do something where, like, they convince him that it's his birthday every day or, like, it was his day, yeah, birthday yeah. the day before, like, big games that they really need him. But, yeah, you know, I mean, like, I, I would argue that that's probably not a sustainable strategy. 
I, I, all right. So, so in all seriousness, I really enjoyed watching it. And I, and, and what I look for in games like that, especially from, from shooting is like, what is he doing differently? Mm-hmm. And then is what he's doing differently? Does that track with other good shooting nights that he has? And, you know, I talked to, I, I think I tweeted it as it was happening. I texted Pete um, as it was happening too. And one thing that I really noticed from him is that he was really focused on shooting with a wider base. And for somebody like Kuzma, who is trying to get off a lot of shots on the move, what that does is like that just highlights any leaning that you're going to be doing because of all that motion. And so when you widen your base, that just gives you a bigger foundation. So it limits some of that movement up top and it makes it so the basket isn't the, the moving target that it can be as you're doing a bunch of, of, of moving. So I think that was one thing that I, I, I really liked from Kuzma. Defensively, actually, is where I was the most impressed. And like I, I, the, in these scrimmage games, this is where you, where you try out things and you push yourself because there's literally nothing on the line. Yeah, there's no, nothing. nothing. It doesn't matter if it goes wrong. Like as long as right. as long as you're healthy, like it's fine if you get embarrassed a yeah. couple times. You you can get into foul trouble. You can get dribbled by. You can do whatever. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. And one thing that I really enjoyed watching from Kuzma was how hard he was pushing himself on the ball, uh, defensively. No matter who he was guarding. Now he did it against Luca and didn't have very much success there because that's Luca Doncic and he's really effing good and and nobody can really play him defensively like that. Uh, but there were also moments where he pushed himself and, and, and you kind of saw, huh, that might be something that he can go to every so often. And so, you know, you kind of combine the, I, I hope that we, I was actually kind of bummed that we didn't see him today because I wanted to see that one of Kuzma's problems shooting wise is that he doesn't replicate successful tactics yeah like I literally one game to another I, I'm right yeah. there with you because my preview was titled can Kyle Kuzma keep rolling and uh you yeah. know the answer the answer was no uh because he did not play <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers are like we're, we're so high it's like the the foreman right the 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 foreman from from Seinfeld right he tells a good joke he's like I'm out of here that's yeah. it for me gotta yeah. go you know and and so for for Kuzma I was kind of bummed that we didn't see him not just from like a result standpoint but from a process standpoint, does he go back out there and does he shoot with that wider base? Is that something that he really focuses on replicating? Because that's how you get better at stuff. You're more of a shooting nerd than me. But the thing that, like, what stood out to me, like, you know, as much as the defense or anything else, was, like, it just looked like he was playing comfortably in both of the uh-huh. first two games. Like, he did not play well in the first game, to be clear. You know, like, it was passable at best. And then, obviously, he went off in the second one. But it just seemed like the types of shots he were getting, he was getting, like, it was smooth. It looked like he was moving in rhythm and where he knew, like, he knew where he was supposed to be. Like, he was trying mm-hmm. to hunt those catch-and-shoot opportunities instead of forcing the issue. Like, you know, I just like I thought that he looked pretty comfortable out there in the two seeding round games, even if obviously the results were a lot better in one of them. Well, generally speaking, if you are able to think about making a tweak to your shot in the middle of a game, that means you're comfortable enough with the other stuff to be thinking about that. Right. Because otherwise, otherwise, like if you're if you're not as comfortable you're going to go back to the your more natural stroke, which might have its bad habits, which makes Kuzma as, as inconsistent as he can be. So if he's out there and he knows, all right, uh, there was one play that Pete tweeted about where 
there was like a backdoor lob or something like that. And then Kuz released to the backside and got a great over-the-top pass from LeBron. You know, just with that coming instinctually to him, that allows him to have, you know, be able to process in his mind, this, I know this is where I'm supposed to be, so let's focus on actually making the shot and doing what it takes to make me a better shooter. In this case, it happened to be, in my opinion, the wider base, and, and the results were there. Now, it's a one-game sample size, yeah. and, and it might just be that, you know, the, the wider base might cause him troubles in the next game because he's being guarded closer and a wider base doesn't allow you to elevate as much as a, a, a more narrow base can sometimes. But, you know, for at least this, this one game there, and then I'm interested to see how things go in the next game. I, I, I really hope, because the one thing with Kuzma that's been driving, I know especially uh, his number one fan, Christian, that drives Christian insane is that from night to night, Kuzma hasn't had two consecutive games where he's shown the same shooting stroke. Like that has never happened this year. Yeah. And, and like, it's why it's probably why he really hasn't had two consecutive good games all year. Like no. he'll show this flash and then he'll go three or four games without really showing much. Yeah. I mean, like it, it just, it stands to reason for regardless of what you're doing, right? If you are successful doing this one thing, and then you forget what it is that made you successful, you're less likely to be successful the next time you attempt that thing. So how many games does he have to do this before you'll apologize to him publicly? See, the Lakers have to win 16. So, <laughs> so if he could do it, like, if he, could, if he could have, like, two games per series, you know, where it's not even so much that, like, I, I need great games. It's just I just need him to hit the open shots because – if he's not hitting open shots or if he's passing up on open shots or if he's thinking his way through those open shots, you, you may as well not have him out there. And that's where you go to the Caruso KCP green, you know, one, two, three combo. All right. So um, you all, you all heard it here first. Like if the Lakers win a title and Kuz plays reasonably well throughout the playoffs, like looks like he's comfortable. Anthony's going to Kuzma get on Jersey. Here. Okay. He'll buy a Kuzma Jersey and he'll I'll get on this Kuzma podcast Jersey. and publicly apologize to him. I, I mean, I, I already kind of owe him something because he didn't roast me when you tried when you tried to get him to. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I well, I wasn't necessarily trying to get him to roast me. Uh -huh. I just wanted to see what sure. he'd say. You, you were I just, just you were just you were just picking up food at the strip club. Yeah, exactly. Of tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, that's going to do it for for this recap version of the show. Now that the games are actually back, this is going to be what we're going to be doing after games. So. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be really fun. We have eight games to ramp up for the playoffs. Then we actually have the playoffs to look forward to. Uh, I hope everybody out there is remaining safe, uh, especially Lou Williams, stop being a jackass and, <laughs> and, and, and putting everybody at risk around you. Uh, let's make sure we get to those playoffs games and get through these playoffs and then continue to be safe after that. So we have a world to continue to live in. Uh, that's going to do it though. Thanks Harrison for hopping on and we will talk to you after the 30th, the, the game that is a few days from now.